Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 36 of Radio 815, the podcast dedicated to examining the works of writer-director, producer J.J. Abrams and the extended Bad Robot universe. We are deep into our rewatch of Lost the groundbreaking television series. And today we are taking a look at the season two premiere, Man of Science, Man of Faith, written by Damon Lindelof, directed by the great Jack Bender. After months of speculation where fans were going crazy, season one ended with the hatch finally being open, all hell breaking loose on the high seas with the raft, and this episode throws us right in. It is a Jack flashback episode, but what I love is the beginning is very unclear as to what is going on as we see a guy in a bunk bed get up. He goes over to a computer, types something in, starts doing his daily routine, puts on some music, make your own kind of music. He's exercising, having a shower, eating breakfast, doing laundry, and then all of a sudden, there's an explosion. The record scratches, and this whole house is shaking. We see this guy go over to this weird device and start moving all these mirrors around, and it's so that he can look into this weird hallway and through this course of mirrors we see that what he's looking at is in the bottom of the hatch and he peers up to see jack and Locke. and that explosion is when they blew the hatch open and it is one of those swerves that is like what just happened so this guy with a running shower doing laundry with like a normal modern laundry set is in the hatch and it was such an unexpected opening perfect for lost where you know a lot of people were trying to guess what was in the hatch or what was going on with the hatch but this swank bachelor pad i don't think anybody had on their bingo card so it was a great moment to open the episode and really throw a wrench into everything marcella what did you think when you saw those moments play out i really like the first time i saw this episode way back when i was floored because of all the things that I imagined could be in that hatch, I did not imagine that it was a British guy by the name of Desmond who was down there for reasons. And I love the fact that this episode just basically starts, like you pointed out, man, I love the fact that this episode basically starts with him doing everyday chores, you know, waking up, eating breakfast, exercising. And then finally, when we hear the big boom, because uh, they blew the hatch open, I love the pan when it's finally revealed that this guy is in the hatch. I love that quick pan all the way up to reveal Locke and Jack staring down into the into the blackness that is the hatch. But the one thing that really made this episode special for me was the Jack flashback story. Um, I can just sing a couple notes to you guys right now and you probably know what I'm going to say. I'm just going to say heart and soul. Mm -hmm. And if you guys have been watching along with us, you guys would know that this episode really fleshes out the relationship between Sarah and Jack. And we finally find out how she was introduced in his life and how he eventually ended up saving her and what that eventually led to. I thought that the flashbacks in this particular episode were really, really wonderful and first class. Yeah, I thought that the flashback storyline with Jack was really well done as this episode plays out. We see those moments when he first meets Sarah because of the car accident. He basically has to decide to work on her 
or the guy who's brought in and he chooses her. So it's one of those tough calls where the other guy dies and Jack focused all his efforts on saving Sarah. And I just like that as the episode goes on, we learn more about their relationship, about how Jack thought that he could fix her. He can't. Jack, being that man of science, is confused in this moment. But I just love that the way we see the build up to that as we find out that Sarah was meant to be married to another man, his reaction to possibly having to be with a woman who is never going to walk again is going to need a lot more care. Anson Mount plays her fiance uh, in the one scene, an instantly unlikable instant douchebag. <laughs> so I like that they they cut to the chase with that. Where like the guy's like, well, so are we still getting married or what? And Jack's like, well, yeah, she's probably going to be fine, but your life's going to be drastically different. And the dude's like, F that, I'm out. And it's like, wow, what a piece of garbage. So I love that just the quick ways they, they sell us this information, the bare minimum that we need to know, but in a direct way that we know all all about this guy just by the way he reacts. So I thought that that was a nice balance to show the difference between a guy like that and a guy like Jack, who is willing to do everything it takes to fix the situation, to to try and correct this thing. Whereas Sarah's first fiance, Kevin, is a cut and run, not, not in it for the long haul kind of guy. So that showed the very difference between Jack and some other people in Sarah's life which would maybe explain why her and Jack, or certainly she would fall in love with Jack. So I thought that was really cool. The stuff on the island is almost all centered on the hatch and the aftermath of that. We don't even see, which is a bold choice, the raft losties in this at all. You know, we've been waiting to find out what happens to Sawyer, Michael, Jin, Walt, and they are not in this one, really. Walt does make a small appearance in a mysterious way where Shannon sees Walt in kind of like a sixth sense messed up kind of, we're not sure if it's a dream or a hallucination or if it's real. So that was kind of cool. Like this weird supernatural element they've thrown in. And after they open the hatch, Kate points out that the back of the hatch door says quarantine, which is bad enough watching it then. Even worse now in 2021 to see something that says quarantine, you're like, uh-oh, what did they, what did they just unleash? What did you think when we saw that part of the hatch being revealed that it's quarantined off rather than just some mysterious thing? When I saw that part today, because I had completely forgotten that part that the, the hatch had quarantine on it. When I was like, when I saw that, I was like, did Damon and Carlton, did they, are, are they, are they oracles? Did they see the future? <laughs> because I was like, you know what? As awful as the Lost Island is, I would have, I would have loved to, to have been on a plane and just been brought to the Lost Island as a way to basically skip the year of 2020, because the year of 2020, I think for everybody was so awful, and I, I think that we all needed a reprieve, and it was so nice to watch this episode and sort of uh, reflect on the awful year that 2020 was by just seeing the word quarantine on a hatch. Right. I, I, I was so, so many memories flashed in my head about 
the awful year that was 2020 just by some just by some simple words. You know, the simple word of quarantine was uh, I mean, it brought so many uh, awful memories and so many good ones, uh, if you can believe that, because I feel that in the year of 20, this has nothing to do with loss. But if you could just give me a quick second. In the year of 2020, I feel that I grew closer with the family members that I was forced to live with for about God knows how long before we were able to start going outside again and and get vaccinated and everything like that. So just that specific quick moment uh, was fascinating. The one thing that I will say, um, I didn't realize who Sarah's husband was until you mentioned it. And while you were talking, I was like, Wait a minute, that's Christopher Pike. Christopher Pike does not act like that. <laughs> what do you, I mean, that guy, that guy was such a freaking asshole. I was yeah. like, I, first of all, you guys know that I hate people who are disloyal. And I, I was like, oh, that, that guy made me so mad so quickly i can't believe how fast i turned on anson mount to be fair i i didn't realize that he was anson mount but now that i know that he's anson when i go back and rewatch that episode the next time i watch the show through and through i am going to just hate him just a little bit uh because of what he did to his fiance uh sarah in that particular instance mm-hmm. yeah uh, it's funny now cuz at the time you know i don't think he had done as much so now you would have more baggage with that. And I love that in that flashback of Jack sequence, we eventually get to a point where there's another guy that he meets up that we haven't seen before. So, you know, they introduce Kevin, the, the douchebag fiance. Earlier, Jack had to make that call about saving Sarah or the guy. That guy is going to come back in a way in a different episode that is revealing and then the other like new character in these flashbacks is where after the surgery that Jack performs on Sarah and he's unsure how it has gone. So he's kind of given his all in the surgery, but he's not sure if it's really going to fix anything. He thinks that he may have failed. He goes on this stadium jog, which I guess they call the tour de stade, which I haven't really heard about, which is where you run up and down the steps of every section in a giant stadium. I like this moment because Jack is on this run and we're like, what the hell is going on here? And there's one other dude there also doing this thing. And Jack hurts his ankle. He rolls it. And the other guy catches up to him and says, hey, brother, what's uh, going on? Why are you running like the devil is chasing you? They have a nice conversation where they talk about Jack's shortcomings. And the only thing that could save this woman would be a miracle. I, I like that it's it's reaffirming that Jack is a man of science. He's hesitant to jump into this thinking that a miracle is even possible. But this talk with this character that he finds out is a guy named Desmond is like on its own a really interesting scene. Because they have this moment between these two guys where they kind of bond later in the episode pays off in a big way. But even just on its own, told us so much about Jack's headspace before the island. And just was a really interesting, cool scene of like a random encounter with a stranger that Jack had that I really liked. You mentioned Jack's headspace. I thought that this episode showed us a really interesting 
side of Jack. When he initially speaks to Sarah after he tells her that there's a 45% chance that the operation is 100% successful, she's likely to be in a wheelchair her entire life and not be able to feel anything below her midsection. As Jack is explaining this whole thing to Sarah, Christian sees Jack and he basically calls Jack aside and says to Jack, you need to learn how to give people even a modicum of hope. Even if you know everything that you know as a doctor is telling you that this is going to basically go to shit, you have to give people that slimmer of hope. Because who knows, even, even that slimmer of hope might turn out to be something bigger in the long run. And I was, and it was really interesting that that conversation sort of led into what happens later on in the episode. It was really interesting to see Jack be in that sort of negative headspace. Because when we initially meet Jack on the island, he doesn't have that negative headspace anymore. He's sort of more positive rather than being more negative. Yeah, he definitely has had like an optimism boost over the course of whatever led to all of this happening. And this again goes back to like, at that time, Jack is still not taking a leap of faith kind of guy where he says like, I don't give out false hope. And Christian says like, but you have to because people need it. So it does shape Jack and does change his optimism sort of view that we've come to know him as the guy who in those tough moments tries to look beyond to find something positive kind of playing out at the same moment that back on the island Hurley explains why the numbers were bad and why he was so worried about the hatch being opened and it is there that Hurley does reveal that he was a patient at that institution and that's kind of the thing that jack latches onto like you were locked up in a mental institution and Hurley's like no that doesn't matter like it's just that these numbers are bad and jack's like they're just numbers man i still am not willing to believe that something is cursed the same way that up to this point in the flashbacks like he's the kind of guy who doesn't believe in hope or miracles so i thought that was a nice a nice moment intercut where we see sort of like the, the two different Jacks. But even though Jack is more positive and more open to that stuff on the island, there are still certain things that he is willing to chalk up to coincidence rather than curses. So he's come a long way, but still, as the title implies, man of science, he still comes back to that logical reasoning. And I like that they, they open the hatch and then they realize they need some some way of getting into it so they go back to the camp to try and update everybody. And Jack's like, well, we'll just go tomorrow. And Locke's like, oh, yeah, sure, Jack, we'll just go tomorrow. And then he's like, screw that. I'm going back right now. And Kate goes with him. I love when she shows up and he's like, yeah, I've been waiting for you. Like, what took you so long? Kate is the first one to get lowered into the hatch. And as she gets lowered in, stuff starts to go wrong. And we're nervous about what's going on in the hatch. That bright light that we saw last season shoots up from the hatch and Kate basically vanishes so they add some more intrigue to this whole hatch situation and i love that as the episode starts to build and build with the jack flashbacks it culminates with this mystery of kate has disappeared jack shows up to the hatch Locke is also gone and jack repels down into the hatch finally we're getting somewhere with this hatch mystery and as these moments are playing out we see the flashback of Sarah 
And Jack tells her, I couldn't fix you. I failed. And she says, are you, are you yanking my chain? And he's like, no, why? And she's like, cause I can wiggle my toes, dude. And it's this moment where it is a miracle. Something miraculous has happened. And Jack is happy, but he's still trying to like wrap his head around how this could happen because there's no rational explanation for it. So that maybe is the catalyst for why he had a bit more hope and optimism, but still on the island, when it comes to him and Locke, they are two sides of a coin that are so opposing that they are going to have friction going forward just because of that. And what did you think, Marcelo, in those final moments where Jack is in the hatch and he's kind of seeing like the, the magnetic force and comes up into this weird Apple computer room. What was going through your head in those moments? The dude steps out from the shadows. Were you as surprised as I was? I will admit the first time I saw this episode, I did not see that final twist coming. I was. The one thing is that when Jack sort of walks up to that sort of buzzing sound as he's making his way to the giant Apple computer room, I was like, what? There's like a magnet down there what the hell is this what's that sound you know what's just beyond that corner but when when jack entered the quote-unquote uh main room of the hatch with all the computers and all the databases the one thing that i will tell you is my grandmother she said no way this is unbelievable what the hell is going on here yeah and when Locke is revealed and when jack goes Where's Kate and basically points the gun towards Locke. And then we see that somebody has a gun on Locke. When Desmond is revealed, my grandmother goes, oh my God, it's him. And then yeah. the episode ends. And I'm like, no, what the hell? I remember that we had to wait like three days for our next Netflix disc to come in the mail. So th those three days were thoroughly agonizing. What did you think of uh, that whole end sequence uh, the first time you saw it, Matt? Well, it was mind, mind blowing because not only was that hatch, a guy having a bachelor pad in the hatch was like such a swerve. And then we have that great scene with Jack and Desmond pre-island. Even when Locke has got the gun to his head, at first, you still don't put those two and two together until Desmond says like, put the gun down, brother. And as soon as he said brother, I was like, oh shit i was like no way this is nuts of course in those moments jack also says to Locke, like is this part of your destiny john trying to to say to Locke, like man you have put too much faith in the island and everything and this hostage situation is maybe proving you wrong in those moments then desmond steps out of the shadows because he wants to like look this guy in the eye and get him to put down his gun jack sort of looks at him the word brother and then seeing this guy's face finally when two and two equals four and jack just says you and then pff, lost it was I was screaming like I remember because uh, I had mentioned previous that season one was one that I watched a couple episodes live then fell behind and had to watch the DVDs. But the DVDs came out in time that you could catch up before season two aired. So I remember this was the first episode that I have to wait a week to find out what is going on here. And of course it would end up being longer than that because as I mentioned earlier, none of the raft stuff is in this episode at all. So it's going to take a while focus wise before we, we get more deep into the answers. But I just remember this premiere blowing me away um, because there were so many surprises, so much depth to the Jack backstory, just those twists and turns lost was back in spectacular fashion 
for this season to premiere that literally had me screaming at the end. Uh, one thing that I do want to mention, and it was that scene when Locke and Jack were on their way to the beach to tell everyone that they had found a hatch. Jack and Locke have a conversation where Locke says to Jack, you're a man of science and I'm a man of faith. And I love that specific exchange between Jack and Locke because like you have pointed out countless times, I feel that the end of season one and the start of season two really planted the line in the sand of the divide between basically our two lead characters moving forward in Matthew Fox and Terry O'Quinn. And it's really going to be fascinating to see their differences in philosophy moving forward and what those differences in philosophy are going to cause them to go through and the tension that is going to build as we move forward here throughout the rest of the series. The other thing that I sort of have a question about is, I wonder, is the character of Sarah the same character that Jack was talking about in the pilot of Lost when he initially met Kate? And uh, while Kate was sewing him up, he mentioned that some time ago he was operating on this young woman who got in this car accident and he was basically operating on her spine when he, when he got nervous. And he cut her bursal sac, causing a bunch of her nerves to actually fall out of her spine. He, she, she lost a shit ton of spinal fluid. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, that's when he stepped back for a second and he counted to five. And he basically, he stitched her back up. But a long story short, do you think that Sarah is that same woman that... Uh, he was talking about way back in the pilot? I think now we're supposed to probably think that it was because it lines up and makes sense with everything we know. So yeah, I think they were planting those seeds an entire season ago to sort of pay off now. So it probably is her that she was talking about. I think you were right. The other thing that I thought was very interesting, like you said, Matt, we don't see Sawyer, Walt, or Michael at all in this episode. And um, this episode was written uh, by Damon Lindelof and directed by Jack Bender. I'm gonna I'm gonna go off the beaten path here a little bit, but the fact that we don't see a chunk of our main cast this episode really tells you the faith that the network had and the faith that Damon and Carlton had in their audience. That even though they didn't pick up the immediate cliffhanger from season one, that what they did write would enthrall the audience and would keep them on the channel for the hour that this episode was. Damon did something similar with the season two premiere of uh, The Leftovers, where he took the main characters of the show and he put them aside and he introduced some brand new characters that would that we will be following uh, throughout that season of that particular show. So I found that to be very, very interesting. It's a different technique and sometimes it it works great and sometimes it doesn't, but here it definitely worked great. I think historically this was maybe the highest rated episode of Lost because people were so intrigued by the finale and then this pays off in such a great way. It was very satisfying and still leaves a lot more to discover in season two. So... I would say for a premiere, I give this a solid A. I really liked it. Marcella, what would you rate it? I would give this an A minus just because I didn't like Anton Mount being an asshole. That was just, that that was my only blemish. And I understand people that's nitpicking, but that's my grade. There you have it. Uh, So if anybody has any questions or comments about our show, 
Use the hashtag Radio815. We can read your comments on the show. Marcelo, if the people want to reach out to you, where's the best spot to do that? If you guys want to reach out to me and talk to me about anything, the best place to reach me would be on Twitter. I'm at CreekFanatic88. And if you guys have any comments for me, you can reach me on Twitter at Matt Crandall is the best place to get in touch. We will be back next week taking a look at Lost Season 2 episodes 2, 3, and 4. So if you are watching along with us, those are the ones to watch this week. Thanks for very much for tuning in as we continue our Lost journey. We appreciate it a lot, and we will see you next time. Until then, Radio 815 over and out. <laughs> <laughs>